is like this. So today we're going to go to Genesis chapter 6. And I just want to look at a couple things and maybe ask the question, what if, a little bit. But also look at how the devil works. In the last couple of Sundays, the last two or three that we've done, will kind of all tie back into what we're going to look at today. So Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with men, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God... Now, who are the sons of God in the Old Testament? Angels. When the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. Which would be what? Giants. Well, where do demons come from? And what are these fallen angels? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to tie all this together today, and then we're going to look at clones. You know, we have been programmed... A lot of what the world is doing, a lot of what they do in, in Hollywood, it's called programming, TV programs, programming. And so it's amazing to me how the last, what, 40, 50 years, it's all been about UFOs and, and all these Halloween demon movies that are scary, man. I don't watch these horror films. They're horrible. And then you got a lot of things about giants, you know, and then clones, Star Wars, the Clone Wars and things like that. They just keep giving you a steady diet of this stuff. Why? Could it be we're going to be seeing this soon? Maybe after the rapture, they'll see it. I hope it's not now, but it definitely appears to me that the devil has started a certain way in Genesis 6. And that has always been his plan, and he's always tried to do that plan. And so here in the end, he's going to repeat his plan. That's the way I see it. So here we find in Genesis chapter 6, fallen angels coming together with human women and producing giants. Now let me say, I believe that that literally happened. There's a lot of people out there that show that they are apostates because they go, well, I can't believe that an angel and a woman could have a baby. So that must be the sons of Seth and the sons of Cain and things. Like no, it says they took them wives. Yep. Who took themselves wives? Fallen angels. Now, I don't know how that works, but we're going to get into that. My thought about it. But first of all, what are angels? All right. We've got to turn to a lot of scriptures today. I want to show you as much as I can about this subject. This is something a lot of people don't talk about. They shy away from. Right. But it's real, and the reason I think we should look at it is so we know the enemy. Okay? So Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14. What are angels? Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14 clearly tells us that an angel is a spirit being. Okay? Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14, the Bible says this. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So it's talking about the angels, and it calls them ministering spirits. So an angel is a spirit. An angel is a spirit being. But somehow, somehow, an angel can come and appear as a man. All throughout the Bible, I wish I had time to take you to every passage. Let's go real quick to Genesis 19 as one example. But there are other places. For example, remember Samson? In the Bible, Samson's daddy Manoah and Samson's mother, they saw the angel of the Lord. And you know what she says? She says, a man visited me. <laughs> Why didn't she say, a big old angel with wings visited me? Why did she say a man? Because all throughout the Bible, angels appear as men. And they look a lot like human beings. Now, Genesis chapter 19, verse 1 through 7. And there came two 
angels to Sodom at even. And Lot said in the gate of Sodom. Now, for sake of time, I won't read the whole passage. But look what it says here in verse 5. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. So they didn't say, Where are those angels with the wings? So it sounds like in the Bible, when an angel appears, it appears as a man. It doesn't have wings. Matter of fact, Hebrews, we read about, Paul says, some of you have entertained angels unawares. That an angel could appear in such a way that you didn't know that was an angel. And later you're like, was that? I don't know. There's something different about that guy. Mm -hmm. But they appear as men. Now, if they can appear as a man, somehow then, an angel must be able to take on, somehow, an ability... (laughs) <laughs> to be able to produce giants right. with women. Now, my thought about that, and this is kind of weird, but this ties in with Halloween and everything, would be what? Well, would be that somehow maybe they can take in their body something that would make them fall, because they're called fallen angels. And that when they fall, then they become more like men, and somehow they produce seed. What is life? What is temporal life? Do you remember? The life of the flesh is in the blood. We have all these stories. They say, oh, it's mythology, all this mythology of, of, of vampires. What do they do? They drink blood. Is it possible? I don't know. Like I said, there'd be a lot of what ifs today, but I'm just kind of connecting the dot. That the way an angel falls is that he could drink blood. Could it be that maybe some of this stories that we think is mythology and made up, maybe there's a little bit of history and it's based in history? Do you remember the Greek mythology? What is Greek mythology all about? All these Greek gods going around fornicating all the time. <laughs> well, that's what it says in Genesis 6. These angels, gods, little g, that's what they're called in the Bible. And there's a passage of scripture which says, you say that you are gods, but you shall die as men. Yep. So there's a way that, a, that an angel can fall and then he'll die later. So that's an interesting thing. So there's a lot in the Bible that we don't think about. And a lot of people, they like to talk about demons. Where do demons come from? Have you ever thought about that? Do you know our King James Bible does not tell us where demons come from? But when Jesus comes, he starts casting out demons and he talks about them. So they're real, but where do they come from? Well, a lot of people think they're just fallen angels. And then when that angel's body dies, then the spirit comes out and that's a demon. Well, you know, I can understand their thinking of that. But do you realize the offspring, the giants, what happens to them? So we're going to get into that today. I'm going to try to talk about that. But we looked at what an angel is. So an angel is a spirit, right? So an angel is a spirit. What is a human? All right, let's look at a human being. An angel is a spirit that is able to take a body. So he's a spirit, but he can also have a body. Well, a human being is a body, soul, and spirit. Go to uh, the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the Bible is very clear, unless you're what, a Presbyterian or one of those people that believes in a dichotomy instead of a a tripart being? Well, the Bible says God made us in His image. God is three, but He's one. Because these three are one, the Bible says. So if we're created in the image of God, then we must consist of three. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, the Bible tells us very clear, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we, human beings, we consist of a body, a soul, and a spirit. Now, a fallen angel would be a spirit, right? Angels are spirits that somehow took a body. But he took a body by falling. And now he's got that body he has to live in. Now, if you take these two and you take this angel, which is a spirit and a body... 
If you take this angel, and this angel somehow falls, like I said, I think he falls by probably taking blood somehow. Um, you ever see that movie in Hollywood with that Nicolas Cage fellow? What's it called, honey? Because your pastor mentioned that one time. City of Angels. Now, I'm not recommending you watch movies, but what a weird movie. It takes place in Los Angeles. Well, that means the angels in Spanish. And it's about a guy who's an angel following this woman around. And then he, he meets another guy that used to be an angel that's married with kids. And he goes, well, all you have to do is just fall. And so he wants to get with this woman. So he goes up to the tall building and he just goes and falls backwards and falls. <laughs> and then he wakes up and he's all bloody, but he's alive. And that's how they said he fell as a fallen angel. And then he got together with this woman. Genesis chapter 6 from Hollywood. Isn't that wild? Weird, weird. So we look at this and if there's an angel and he's a spirit in a body and here's a woman and this angel wants to get together with this woman and the woman is what? She's a spirit, a soul, and a body. All right. What do they have in common? Well, they both have a spirit and they both have a body. The only difference is that's got a soul and that one doesn't. So if they were to produce offspring, and I believe they did, according to Genesis 6, what would they create? They would create a being that is a spirit, no soul, but a, but a spirit that has a body. So they would create a spirit being that has a fleshly body, but no soul. So it can't be saved, can it? Because it doesn't have a soul. I think that's where demons come from. And I think the Bible's pretty clear about that because... Noah's flood came and destroyed the earth. You think it killed some of the giants? Yeah, killed killed them all. But you know what? The Bible says there were some more after that. Remember Goliath? We're going to look at all that today. I want to get into that. I think this is kind of fun. So what is a giant? Okay, first of all, we ask, what is an angel? An angel is a spirit that can somehow take a body, appear in a body, but somehow can fall and get into a carnal body. A human is a body, soul, and spirit. All right, so what is a giant? Let's go to Numbers chapter 33. Now, again... There's some people out there that claim to be Christians, they're pastors, they're preachers, and they say, I don't believe in giants. <laughs> and when they go to Genesis 6 and they read men of renown, they say what that means is they were just famous people. Mm. No, the Bible tells us about giants, right. literal gigantic beings that are huge. What is that? Is that just some, oh no, they were just born with some you know, DNA problem or something that made them really tall. No, you have an angel, which is, uh, the Bible says, little lower than the angels. So humans are a little lower than angels. So if an angel mated with a woman, wouldn't that produce a body, but that would be bigger? Because they're higher up. And so it makes sense that they're literally giants in the Bible. Let's look at uh, Numbers chapter, did I say 33? I meant 13. Numbers 13, 33. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 33. And look at what it says in our King James Bible. Here are the people of Israel. After the exodus, trying to go take over the land, and they are a witness of what they saw in the land, and they saw giants. And look what they say. You say, well, they're exaggerating. Ah, well, let's look at it. Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak. <laughs> Anakim Skywalker? Remember that? In Star How weird that they always go to the Bible and use words from that to make their movies. I wonder if they know somebody that knows all this stuff. I don't know. Could it be Satan? <laughs> you know, uh, so it says Anik. Isn't that interesting? And uh, he says here, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. So it's like we felt like grasshoppers looking up at those things being that big. 
So I think there were giants in the Bible. Matter of fact, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 3. The Bible gives us names of giants and literally tells us how tall they were. So I don't see how anybody could claim to be a preacher and say, there's no such thing as giants. All you've done is showed me that you haven't read your Bible. Because the Bible tells us that they existed and how tall they were. All right, now these were really tall back there. If you're the size of a grasshopper, you'd really be looking up. But look at this, Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 11. Deuteronomy 3.11. And it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 11, For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Rabbath? Of the children of Ammon. Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth of it, after the cubit of a man. Alright, so nine cubits. How much is a cubit? Well, some people say a cubit is 18 inches. To me, that makes sense. You know why? That's from here to here. And that is six plus six plus six. Six is the number of man, Revelation 13. Others say there's the Egyptian cubit, which is, that cubit is, they say seven plus seven plus seven are 21 inches. So somewhere between 18 to 21 inches is a cubit. Are we measuring from man? Or are we measuring from angels? <laughs> That's the thing. Are we measuring from giants? Giants are bigger. But let's say it's 18 inches. Well, you take 18 inches, multiply that by 9. He's 9 cubits. You get 162, divide that by 12, you get 13.5 feet tall. Does that sound like a giant to you? Do you realize if you walked up to that guy, you'd be like below his waist? You'd be like, That's like twice the size of what you are. I mean, what, the tallest people in the world that we, we've seen, there was a Robert Alton, was eight foot, so that's pretty tall. But let's say six, six foot five, maybe almost seven feet, that's pretty tall. This is almost twice that, or in some cases over twice that. So two times the size of, of most people we look at as tall today. Well, what if it was uh, 21 inches? Well, it comes out to about 15.75 feet. Could you imagine a being that's 15.75 feet Let's go over here to Second um, Samuel chapter 21. 2 Samuel 21:16. So like I said, the Bible gives us names of giants and tells us exactly how tall they were. How interesting is that? So 2 Samuel 21:16. So those people that go around and say there's no such thing as giants, um, yeah, you, you just exposed yourself right. as number one, not a Bible believer, and number two is someone who hasn't even read the Bible. Yeah. Okay? In 2 Samuel 21, 16, we read, And Ishbibenob, what a funny name, Ishbibenob, was one of the sons of the giant. Wait a minute, so giants can have kids too? That's kind of weird. So I guess a giant and another giant can come together and have another giant. They'd probably be a little shorter than the, the both parents, or you never know, maybe it's taller. I, I don't know, there's a lot of questions, but it is interesting. And it says there in verse 16, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight. He being girded with the new sword, thought to have slain David. All right, so we have this guy who wanted to slay David. Now, I don't know what a shekel of brass weighs, but I found a shekel of iron. I wonder if it's the same. So 300 shekels is about 7.5 pounds. Others say, no, no, it's twice that. It's about 15 pounds. So I don't know how to do that because I'm not a Jew and I don't know the shekel weight of brass exactly. But I looked all over the Internet and they said somewhere between eight pounds almost and 15 pounds. And that's a spear. You all seen a spear? A spear is usually about like that long. That It doesn't weigh probably a pound or two. So if a guy's got one that's seven pounds, you could barely pick that thing up. You'd be like trying to throw it. What if it was 15 pounds? 
Well, if a guy's 15 foot tall, that's nothing to him. Right? right. So the Bible is very clear. There were giants and what these giants are. Now, let's go to 2 Samuel 21, 20. And look at this. There's something peculiar about giants. Very peculiar about them that, that helps you identify them. Did I spell giants wrong? I did. Yeah, it's spelled this way. Giants. So there's something peculiar about giants. Now, look at this here. In 2 Samuel 21, 20. And there was yet a battle in Gath, where was a man of great stature. Sounds like a giant to me. That had on every hand six fingers and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number. And he also was born to the giant. Now look down at verse 22. These four were born to the giant in Gath. Do you remember Goliath? Do you know Goliath was born in Gath? Do you realize there were five giants? Because whenever David went out there and slew Goliath, it says he went down to the brook and he picked up five right. stones. You ever read your Bible? And when you read it, when you see the whole thing, you know what? That shows me David was so confident. He's like, I'm going to kill that sucker and I'm going after the other four too. That's what he was thinking when he picked up those five stones. Whew, what a blessing, amen. So he killed Goliath. But what's so weird about a giant? They've got six fingers and they've got six toes. You know, still in society, there's some people that are born sometimes with six fingers, six toes. Now, people like to call the giants, and this is the term they use because they get this from, from the Hebrew. I don't like to run to the Hebrew, but all over the Internet, when you talk about this stuff, the word they use is Nephilim. Nephilim is the Hebrew word. There's also Raphamim or something else, but usually Nephilim is the one used for giants. So Nephilim, so Nephilim were the offspring of the fallen angels. So giants are huge, but they're also not 100% human. So somebody is messing with the DNA of man. Who would that be? That would be Satan. And so Satan has been active since the very beginning, Genesis chapter 6. So let's go and look at some things here, because there was DNA corruption and manipulation back then. That's why God sent the flood. Let's go to Luke chapter 17. And... We see the flood coming because of the corruption. And look at what it says in Luke 17. I find this very interesting. Um, Remember the context. A lot of times we'll quote this verse, but uh, I always, you know, didn't think about this when I'm quoting it. Look what it says in Luke chapter 17 and verse 26 and 27. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, like it was in Noah's day. Well, it's going to be like when Jesus comes back. But look at the next verse. Verse 27. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. We always read that and we say, yeah, all those people, they were marrying a whole bunch. The context is these things were marrying these things. That's that's who was marrying. So they were corrupting man's DNA. God made man and created them in his image, wanting them to be his. And the devil comes in and goes, well, I want them to be mine. Mm -hmm. So the devil can't create. So he procreated. That's the word we use. (laughs) They came together and he procreated his own race. So you had God's race and the devil's race. Mm -hmm. And the devil's going after them and trying to get more to make more of a bigger race. I wonder how many giants he had before the flood. I wonder how many people in the earth he corrupted their DNA. Well, let's go back to Genesis chapter 6, because the Bible says the whole world, except for maybe eight of them, 
Hmm, isn't that something? Go back to Genesis chapter 6, and I won't read verse 1 through 4 again right now, but that's what we just read, verse 1 through 4, talking about all this. But now go down to verse 12. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. So through DNA manipulation, the devil corrupted what God intended. And he got into man and started changing man. That is awful, isn't it? I don't want anybody to change the way God made me. That's why I don't want anybody manipulating my DNA. Do you know they can do that nowadays? They have a thing called CRISPR. Have you ever heard of CRISPR? And, and they have mapped the whole sequence or coding of man's DNA. And now they're saying through a thing called CRISPR, they can manipulate and change some things. You want blue eyes and you've got green eyes? Well, they can supposedly, I don't know if they're quite there with that technology, but it sounds like that's what they want. And they say we're not far away, that they can change your, isn't there a song, don't that make your blue eyes green or something? I don't know. But it's what they want to do. They want to start changing you. Well, God made you who you are. Isn't that kind of saying, God, I don't like what you did. I'm going to change it. Isn't that really awful to go against God's will? Is it God's will to change man's DNA? I don't think so. Because the one behind it is the devil. So I look at all this and I go, okay, fallen angels, giants, now demons. Where do demons come from? Well, we'll get to that here too in a minute. But uh, I think it all ties together. So let's go over here to 2 Peter chapter 2. And then we'll go to 1 Peter. So what happened to these angels? Okay, over here, here we have the cross. Here we have the law. Well, over here is Adam and Eve. After Adam and Eve, well, we had Noah. And so this is all taking place in the time of Noah, and then the flood comes. And the flood came so that God could start over with a race of people that had their DNA the way he intended. So the flood came as the judgment for changing man's DNA. So what happened to the fallen angels? Well, God took them and put them somewhere as a judgment. And look what it says in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. 2 Peter 2 and verse 4 and 5. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So here is part of the judgment. Not only did God send the flood to kill all those that weren't the right ones. He saved eight. He saved Noah's family. He took those fallen angels, it sounds like, and put them down here into hell. Interesting. All right, now let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. And it talks more about this. So they all knew this. The early disciples knew this. I find that interesting because the Bible doesn't tell us much about it. Now, there's another book out there that talks a lot about it called the book of Enoch. And people say, should I read the book of Enoch? I go, no. (laughs) It's It's weird. There's like four or five places in it that to me looks like somebody just erased it and just started writing other stuff in. It it doesn't make sense. It has these fallen angels coming over to Enoch and saying, please ask God to save us. (laughs) You know, it's like, why didn't they? Well, it's just a weird book. But it does talk about where demons come from. And it says there was only four of the fallen angels. And you think about that for a minute over in the book of Revelation. There's four angels down here that are appointed for a day and a time and an hour that they're going to come out. So is there some truth in Enoch? Maybe. 
The Bible quotes it in Jude a little bit, gives a little bit of as it says in the book of, or whatever. But be careful. Don't go to books outside the King James Bible. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Please be careful. Don't take as doctrine any other book. Okay, and I'm not doing that today. I'm not teaching what that says. I'm finding this in the Bible itself. And it says here in First Peter chapter three, starting there in verse eighteen. Here's the gospel in one verse. Amen. The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. How? Shed his blood. The just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened. That means brought to life. So resurrected by the Spirit. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Hmm. So those fallen angels that were down there, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. How long do you wait? 120 years. We saw that while the ark was a preparing wherein few that is eight souls were saved by water. So here are these spirits mentioned and they're in prison. They're down there below the earth. So now let's go back to Genesis chapter four. We're going to try to get all this together. I think it's fun to talk about all this, but it's also kind of creepy and scary. And, well, what better day to talk about it than on Halloween, I guess. But let's get it from a Bible perspective. Because the world's giving you all this scary stuff from the devil's perspective. And I think the devil is revealing to people his truth. Hey, you can be as gods. Wasn't that what those were? The gods, those giants of old were the gods of ancient mythology. So that's what the devil wants. He wants to come to you and say, hey, if you'll trust me, I'll make you a God. But he wants to corrupt you. We don't want to be corrupted. We that are Christians. So Genesis chapter six and verse four. Now, what have we seen so far? We've seen that these fallen angels, they were put down here in this area. All right. So at the flood, part of the judgment was they were put down there. Well, all the bodies of the giants must have died. Right. So what was left? Their spirit just wandering around. I personally think that's what demons are. The disemboweled spirits of the giants. So they were all destroyed. So how on earth can we go to 2 Samuel and find giants again in the time of David? Uh, Well, let's look at this passage here again in Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 4. And look what it says in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days... All right. The days before the flood, then the flood came. Now look what it says. And also after that. So, oh boy, we have angels falling over here. And then after the flood, we have some angels falling again. That must be where guys like Goliath came from and those kind of people. So the question is, can they still fall today? I don't know. But uh, if you ever hear about how our troops went over to Afghanistan, supposedly, I I say supposedly because I don't know. But they supposedly said that they found giants in caves in Kandahar, Afghanistan, and that our troops fought those giants. That's weird. And by the way, the giants all throughout history, all the history of giants, like in England and other places, they had a taste for human blood. Hmm. Is that how they got their body by tasting human blood? It's very strange. What is that? Fee, fi, fo, fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman, said the giant. And he's going to go, you know, eat him. What is this if it's not somehow based in fact? And yet it's been perverted. But yet in the Bible, we can look at it and we say, oh, I know what that is. Right? Do you believe the Bible? I do. Now, I was going to take you to these passages. I don't have time. But Goliath, 1 Samuel 17, 4, if you're taking notes. 2 Samuel 21, 19, the brother of Goliath. Like I told you, there was five of them. Second uh, Samuel twenty one twenty two. These four were born to a giant, but it talks about how tall Goliath was. He was six cubits and a span. So if we go by eighteen inches, 
and I don't know what a span would be, maybe six inches, because that's, you know, he was basically nine foot six inches, almost 10 foot tall. So that sounds a little shorter than the 13 to 15 foot tall. So maybe on this side, the world's changed. Now they're not as tall as they were before the flood. I don't know, but there's some things changing here. But after the flood, there were giants. That can't be denied if you read your Bible and believe it. So again, giants were not 100% human, so they didn't have a soul. So if a giant dies, the spirit that's inside that body is released. And that's what I think are demons or devils. Now, the Bible doesn't use the word demon. Our King James Bible says devil. And I think that's the right word because can these things be saved? Salvation is of the soul. If they don't have a soul, then can they be saved? So you got to wonder about that, you know, and I'm sure they're like, well, it wasn't my fault. I didn't ask to be born. You know, I'm sure they're like that. But the Bible calls them wicked spirits, evil spirits. But we use the word demon. Why? Well, devil is a better word because that's evil. The ancient Greeks, they would use the word demon as any spirit. So an angel or a devil could be a demon. So new versions of the Bible, a lot of them change it to demon. That's a problem because now you could say, no, it's not a bad spirit. And there are a lot of people in the world that they say, I'm led by a spirit, my channel guide and things like that. And we know it's a devil leading them, but they say, no, it's a good spirit. And sometimes they're deceived into thinking it's an angel. By the way, there was this guy named Edgar Casey. You ever heard of Edgar Casey? Edgar Casey said he was in contact with spirits that talked to him. And you say, what's the name of the spirit? A lot of times they 